Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take note. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Amen. Let's make our faith confession. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed. Say it like you mean it. My spirit is prepared to receive the word, which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer. I'm a doer. This word has given me life and life more abundantly. Amen. Please remain standing. Go to Acts chapter 6. I want to read this real quick. Tonight's part 7 of the Servanthood series. I think I can finish it tonight. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to try. <laughs> Amen. Had like a 78 part series or something. Acts chapter 6, verse number 1. <clears throat> when you have it, say Amen. Anybody grateful for the word? No, I, I'm sure. You know, the Bible says in the last days there would be a famine in the land for the word. Amen. Meaning there'd be a lot of churches, there just wouldn't be a lot of God. Acts 6, verse number 1. Now, in those days when the number of disciples was what? Multiplying. They were growing. In other words, God says you got to be growing. And tonight, to this body of believers, we got to be growing. There arose a complaint, now ain't this like church folk, against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So in other words, the, 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 the Hebrews said, well, and the Greek, the Hellenists just means Greek-speaking Jews. They said, they're getting more food than ours. Y'all paying favorites. Now, I doubt that was really happening. I just think somebody just wanted to be offended by something. Then the 12, the 12 who? Uh, no, apostles. The apostles now. Then the 12 apostles summoned the multitude of the what? Disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So here's what they did. The people walked up to the apostles and said, listen, we got a problem. She got more cheese whiz than me. We got a problem. She always gets to get in the line first to sign up for stuff. Bishop always doing something with them. And look at what the apostles say. Listen, it is not desirable. In other words, they're they being polite. They're really saying, look, these little things y'all talking about, this is a waste of our time. Look what he says. It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and become servants to tables. In other words, they're saying, you want us to do something that people are already in place to do. Look at it. 
Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Now, not the business, but this business. This scripture has been used where deacons start running the church, and that ain't because they thought it was the business, not this business. Deacon ain't supposed to run no church. It's this business. The business of what? Serving tables. Okay? But we, who, who's we? The apostles will give ourselves over to prayer and studying and preaching the word. They said, that's all we want to do all day long. And this saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Spirit, Philip. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Go to verse 6. When they set, um, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on him. Then the word of the Lord spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were even obedient to the faith. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor, neighbor. out of this whole series, did you get it? Look at somebody else and tell them, say, neighbor, neighbor. out of a whole thing. Did you get it? Father, I decrease that you might increase. Woo, Lord, speak to us tonight, God. We declare we got it. I said we declare we got it. We are servants of the most high God, and we're not wicked and lazy servants, but we are good and faithful in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Just slap uh, somebody a high five and say, I got it, I got it. You can be seated tonight. Let's get in this thing. Y'all ready to get in it? Now, let's look at this. Uh, we, we started out talking about there are, there, are, there are four kinds of people that come to church. What are they? Multitude. Now, multitude people come to church for what reason? Entertainment or what they can get. Okay? Sheep. What's the thing about sheep? You have to break their wheel, which is their what? Legs. And you do that through the what? Through the shepherd. And the shepherd had a what? Staff. And he used that staff to do what? Break them legs. He also used that staff to guide them. And remember, later on, they added the hook at the end so that when they started wavering, he'd pull them back like this and say, I don't know what you think you finna do. Y'all ain't said nothing. And that's how I've had to do some of y'all. I had to get the end of that hook and say, I don't know what you think you're doing. Come on right back over here and sit down. Because that's what the what? The good shepherd does. You hear what I'm saying? What's the third level? Servants. And what's the fourth level? Sons. What's the highest level? Sons. Sons mean you're in the, what was that Hebrew word I gave you? Teshelam, the what? image of the father now now watch this in that whole thing on sunday mornings as a body because i, I want to make this very practical for us moving forward on sunday mornings all four people are there it's like a football game and you open the stadium up you got people that have never heard anything about jesus people that have heard a little something about jesus people that think they know something about jesus and people that swear they know everything there is to know about Jesus. You understand? You got all four in a stadium. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, here's what they do. When a person goes to a football game, what are they going to do? Watch the game. 
Who's playing? The team is playing. Come on, I need us to get this. So when people come in our doors on Sunday mornings and Wednesday, you see Wednesday nights hungry folk. Sunday morning, you got to mix your everything. And granted, I know different folks, different schedules and stuff can't make it on Wednesday, so I, I understand all that. But here's my point. My point is, is that when people come, they need to see a team playing. People don't, now they may have a favorite player, but they come to see the team because that favorite player can't do what he or she does without the team. So they may come to hear Bishop preach, but I can't do that if somebody ain't got the lights working. I can't do that if somebody ain't working the sound. I, I, I can't do that if somebody ain't got the air right. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this thing? And I can't do that if it ain't people greeting. Where they, how are they supposed to know where they come? They just walk on here and the Holy Spirit just supposed to lead them in here? Mm, I feel led just over here. No, you got to have somebody to greet them and show them. And then when they come in here, what are they supposed to do? Just, you know, just, I think I'm going to sit right there. That seat looks real comfortable. They need a what? An usher to help know where to sit. And then when they fall out, they need somebody to pick them up and catch them and cover them up. Amen. I mean, this is a long, long time ago. I remember when I was, I was moving real fast. This is a long, long time ago in that church. I was laying here, I moved real fast, and, and people were going down, and they were going down on concrete, man. And But but because the anointing's there, so they don't feel that. But I, I, I asked one girl after, I said, you okay? I said, because I heard you fall. <laughs> I said, I heard you go down. I said, no, I'm fine. I said, good, because, you know, we got liabilities, so ain't nothing. <laughs> okay, but what's this? But, but, but now watch this, though. When people come, they've got to see a body of servants which is a team, meaning that every part of the team is important. Please understand, uh, the quarterback cannot throw the ball unless the line gives him enough time to throw it. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't, he, can have, uh, he can be Elway or my personal favorite, McNair. I'm a little hurt at the fact he gone. But I've been praying about that. <laughs> but now watch this. Well, watch this. He can have the, the be the best quarterback, but if there's not a line to block for him, what's going to happen? He's going to get what? Sacked. My question to us tonight is, have, are you letting your team member get sacked? Because we're talking about what? The lifestyle of a servant. Are you letting your kids get sacked? Are you at work and you know you could have helped somebody do it right, but you didn't want to because you don't really care for them anyhow, and so you just said, I'm going to just let them do it and all that, and you let them get sacked. Because remember, if you only do it on Sundays and Wednesdays, it's not real. We're talking about the what? Lifestyle of a servant. So, so in this, when people come, four different kinds of folks, the goal is, is that they may start as multitude, but they've got to matriculate into sons. The image of God. You understand? So one of the things, the body of Christ, and, and, and we're going to talk about this. That's why you've you got to be here Sunday and, and, and on. And we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks. But one of the things the body of Christ has done is you almost have to be a professional Christian to go to church. Because you got to know all the language and stuff. 
How you doing? I'm blessed, highly favored, and pounded. Pound, you know, I just was going to say, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And thank God for a church like this where you can be real. And even when you try to be fake, people still going to be real with you. But, but, but now watch this. But, but now watch this. What happens is, is that the, if everybody comes to the stadium, the goal is they may start multitude, but they're loved into a sheep. Then we love them into a servant. Then we love them into a son. And one of the things that, that, that the Lord has had me on this journey is about realizing that, 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 that there's no such thing as bad people. They've just been taught improperly. They said, what are you talking about bad people? There's plenty of bad people. But yeah, but look at their life and look at their daddy wasn't there and then their mama was great and all that. And look at the cycles. Look at the stuff. They're just a product of their teaching. That's what people are. They're a product of their teaching. Now, granted, you can make a choice. Everybody's got the ability to make a choice. And, mo and, and people that, you know, do get into things and murders and all that and that kind of crazy stuff, they just choose to make bad decisions. So you can't use those things as an excuse, but they certainly are contributing factors. See, when I look at a man that's maybe not doing right by his kids, see, I used to see that ain't the Bible saying a man, he better get up and what and all that. Because you're saying? Because I'm a man, so... I handle my business. That's what men do. They handle business. So a real man is not being perfect. A real man is being teachable. That's what being a real man. That's why so many men walk around. They just, they, they, they're 45 and 50 years old talking about they're a man because they got muscles and all that. No, you a boy. Because you won't let nobody teach you nothing. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. That's why you ain't got nothing. That's why your wife about to leave you. Your kids hate you, you know. Y'all ain't talking. See, a real man's about being teachable. Real man's about saying, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to get myself somewhere where I can. That's what it's being about. You understand? So what happens is, in this whole thing, when people come in, just go with me, when people come in, uh, in the body of Christ, uh, uh, but let me go back to my analogy first. And, and you look at that and you say, okay, well, he's not doing right by his kids. He's not doing this. He's not doing this. But if I look to a few generations before him, I see where the cycle started. And I, of course, don't have time to reteach sins of the fathers, but the Bible says that the iniquity of the fathers will visit to the third and fourth generations. Visit. You, you know how somebody does? Anybody ever had somebody come visit your house? What, what do they do? Knock on the door? You know? Now, if they think you're going to try to play them and act like you're not there, they're going to look over in the window. I see you, you understand? <laughs> I remember that commercial where they drop on the floor and <laughs> act like nobody's there. Hey, man, I'm about through <laughs> with this analogy. So, so, so watch this. So watch this. I got 24 minutes. Watch this. So, so, so here's the deal, guys. And, and it visits. So generational sin will visit people. And when they've not been taught right, when it visits, they'll open the door and let it right on in. And so what I realized was, as I said, God, I said, I get it now. There's four different kinds of folks that come. But the only way they'll ever become sons 
is if while they're still doing wrong, we still love them. Now, here's love. Love is two-sided. Love is compassion, but love is truth. So love is, I love you, I'm going to be there for you, but you do that again, it's going to be on. Compassion and truth, it's two-sided. You understand? And, and so and, and here's, the, here's the whole deal. So people come to the stadium, they come to see the what? Team play, and everybody in the team's got to be what? Serving to do what? To meet the same goal, which is to what? Win the game. So the question is, all right, Bishop, then what's the game? The game is, and, and, and we, I don't want to use that word loosely, the, the game is called people's eternal life. And so it's not very much of a game. Because guess what? When we lose the game, and people die and did not know God, You don't get to say that was a scrimmage. You see how this servanthood thing is so important? See, because you may think that the part you play is so insignificant, but it's so huge because of every person on the team's not doing what they got to do, and it ends up affecting the game to where they lose the game. We don't just lose a game. We lose souls. So, so, so really, losing is not an option. Because every person that comes through the doors, they need to be loved into change. Now, we're going to be truthful, but we've got to have compassion. And let me tell you, one of the things that sometimes so, so that we have to work on as, as Christians is, some, is our patience. Because, see, since you got this whole Jesus thing figured out now, you don't understand why your friend don't. So now you'd invited him to church twice, and they ain't came, and so I ain't saying nothing else. Okay, but how many years has God given you? Yeah, y'all, come on now, come on. How many times did you tell him, Lord, if you do this, I'll never do this again, and soon as he did it, you did it again. And he still loved you. And he still said, look, come here with your knucklehead. Get over here. And he still said, I'm going to be there for you. He never turned his back on you. So why is it that folk in the church will about face you in a minute? Not here now. And I'm serious about that. Not here. We don't do that here. <laughs> That's it. So, so I've been, I, I, the Lord's taking me through this journey, and so, and so, and so I want to get into this thing tonight because it's, 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 so, it's so important. So, so watch this. Say, there's two kinds of servants. Kinds of servants. Now, we know what they are, and tonight we're going to kind of recap and sum it up. What two are there? Good and faithful, wicked and lazy. Now, I want you to stay with that analogy of the team, on the football team, all right? Each person on the football team is a servant. Got it? Remember, we talked about this a little bit last week. They're a servant. Now, the coach is really running what the team is doing. But the coach can't be out there in the game playing. That's why they train you how to do it. 
So that's what we just read in Acts chapter 6. It ain't my job to go to your job and get your friend saved. That, that ain't my job. It ain't my job. Bishop, will you come do this and come do it? That's fine. But, but, but it's your job to take the plays I've been giving you and go run them plays. You understand that? So really when we come together in church, really what we're doing is we're having practice. Because service ain't the game. The game is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's the game. And so that's why if you only listen to the plays and you don't get the CD and you don't remember the plays and you get out there and you be messing up on the field. You ever seen somebody and he's supposed to be catching the ball and he over there just doing something else? That's how you look sometimes. When you don't have the, 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 the plays in your spirit. You understand? That they call that studying the film. And we got an internet campus where you can go and study the film. You can go online and you study film for free all day long. You see what I'm saying? Because what happens is, is that when we come in here, the coach is giving plays. And said, all right, now linebackers, now I want you to do this. And, and fullback, now blue 42 and all this and duck. And get your knees low and you're too high and all this. So what do they do? The coach teaches them how to do what? Make adjustments to the way they play the game. So when I'm teaching you the word of God, I'm giving you adjustments on how you live your life. In this instance, we're calling that the game. Y'all sticking with me? Now, in that, <coughs> two kinds of servants. Now watch this. There's a good and faithful servant. Now, watch this. When you have a good and faithful servant, you're proud of them. But watch this. Watch this. You want to show them off. You understand what I'm saying? You remember when you, when you got in that relationship and you just knew this was the one. Honey, the Lord told me this is the one. So what would you do? You took him. People that you can't even stand, you would go show them just so they know you got somebody. You ain't talked to them in 17 years, but the moment you get somebody serious, you need them to know, yeah, I got somebody too. Holla. Now, let me just say this. Let me pause for a commercial break about you on behalf of Bishop Kevin J. Foreman and Jesus Christ Ministries International. I understand that I'm real. And when I give the word, I, I use real life. And I was, I was debating with the Lord. I said, Lord, maybe I need to, you know, and I think I told you, just pull back and just, you know, be real easy and just, you know, just bless the Lord and come on, everybody. Let's just trust him. I ain't going to tell you what I actually said, but I said, God, I would be cheating the world to be anything different than what it is you've made me to be. And so I understand you may invite folks and they may not come back and, you know, all this. And, well, they just don't want to be real. I, you know, I can't do nothing about that. I, I can't do nothing about that. 
Amen. And I know that doesn't happen very often, but, but my, my point is, is well, Bishop, why are you saying that? B because we are most effective when we're authentically ourselves. I'll teach about that in the next few weeks. But, but now watch this. <coughs> Commercial break over. You will take them. See, I picked it right back up. And show them off to people. And they might not even be all what, they, what you're cracking them up to be. You really can't stand them, but you just want that person to know, I got somebody. And don't let it be your ex. Oh, my Lord. Because you need them to know you've moved on. And you don't want it, them to get it twisted that you still got an interest in them, and so you want them to see the new thing so they realize they were the old thing. Some on somebody. But so watch this. That's what God says. God says, when you're a good and faithful servant, I want to show you off to people. He says, when you're good and when you're faithful, I want to take you around and say, yep, this one of mine. Yep, yep. The Bible says that he blesses us for his namesake. Meaning God says, I want you to look good because you carry my name. Please understand, that, that is what happens in marriage. When a husband takes a wife and she takes his name, she ought to be better in a better condition and better state than when she first entered into that relationship. Otherwise, he's not doing a very good job because if you're going to carry my name, you're going to have to be the best, wear the best, look the best, talk the best, act the best because you've got my name on you. And so if you've got God's name on you, God says, I want to show you off, but you got to be good and faithful though. You understand that? Be doggone, take my name and you're walking around not looking right. Now you stay in the house, do you get it together? <laughs> I'm joking. Do -do 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 <laughs> Somebody go get the jokes. You understand what I'm saying? And let me encourage the men that are listening and that are going to listen to this on the internet. Please understand, when you, when you marry, it is just not about keeping the same. If she looks the same way or worse than when you married her, you are a horrible steward. You're a steward over your wife, and so she's supposed to come up. She ought to talk better and look better and be more polite and be more of a lady. If she's still acting like a battle axe, you ain't done a good job. I know she may have been from the hood, but if she's still hoodish, something wrong. <laughs> Got hood tendencies. <laughs> Y'all all right? Now, now look at this. Look at that. I, see, I got to get through this. Watch this. Watch this. When you have a good and faithful servant, God says, I'm proud of you. I want to show you off to people. God says, I'll do stuff in your life to be an example to unbelievers. But he says, I need you to be a what? Good and faithful servant. So here's what faithful means. You want to know? It's real deep. Full of faith. It means that they are full of consistency. God says, if you're good and faithful servant, uh, may not nobody else show up, but you show enough. We'll make sure you're there. 
because you're good and faithful. You understand that? And you say, Bishop, well, how do you be faithful? Well, just remember that God's faithful to you. Could you imagine if God didn't show up for you this morning? You wouldn't have woke up. And I know you think, because it seemed like you just woke yourself up and started yourself on your way, but the Bible says that it's the Lord that causes man's rising. Are you getting what I'm saying? So a good and faithful servant is full of faith. Got it? Consistency. They're full of it. The, 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 you look at somebody and say, you're full of it. You're full of faith. You're full of consistency. They're full of it. Good and faithful servants are full of it. They just can't help it. They just do what they say they're going to do. They can't help it. Now watch this. Good and faithful servant. We talked about this over the last few weeks. They're excellent. And when you're a good and faithful servant and you're excellent, other people will watch how you do it and want to do it the way you do it. They'll watch how you walk and start emulating the way you walk. See, see some of our juniors and young men, I, I'll be watching them. They start walking like, you know how I walk like this here? They start walking. What's the whole point? Because they, they're, they're emulating something that they desire, the excellence. So they'll emulate every part of it. You, you understand what I'm saying? See, see watch this. If, 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 if people at your job come to you and ask you a bunch and always want to talk to you, stop saying, God, would these people leave me alone? It's because God says, I'm trying to make you a good and faithful servant so you can show them something. Teach them some. Stop saying, would y'all please let me eat my lunch in peace? I'm trying to pray. <laughs> They're coming to you because they say, you got something I won't. But if you keep sending me out, acting like all crazy like that, then I ain't going to want what you got no more. You understand what I'm saying? When people stop you on the street, and I know you being a rush, because you the most busy, but you work for the White House now. I know. Y'all in the transition team, I understand. I, I understand that. But, but watch this. One of the things I had to teach myself was that even when people stop me out in the street, and all that, I had to learn how to slow down. Because I'll be on, I'm on a mission. I got a king in the bill. I got a plan. I got a little time to do it. I know what I got to do. So I'll be on a mission. And everywhere I go, I'm on that mission. I go, I'm going to the store. I'm just, come on, let's go. Let's get done. You know. People be stopping. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. All right. <laughs> now, granted, now there's some folk from yesterday that you probably need to just walk past. Amen. You understand? But, I, but one of the things I learned, let me help you. Whenever God has somebody start a conversation with you, especially here in Denver, because people ain't nice here. No, 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 no. I, Father, I reject that in the name of Jesus. People are nice here. They're in transition. <laughs> they are nice here. But, but when somebody starts a conversation with you, stop. And it's okay to engage it. You may not know that that invite card you're supposed to be carrying in your back pocket it's just what they needed. If you could see it, I'm going to tell you about this over the next few weeks, some of the emails that people get, and, and they say, you know, maybe I can't come to church or whatever, but, you know, so-and-so gave me a card, and I went online, and I listened to this, and I did this or whatever, and it changed my life. Somebody bought me some CDs, and it changed my life. 
You understand it? Because remember, in the stadium, everybody's at what? Different levels. So there's even some of your friends that maybe they ain't in the, in, they don't understand the whole concept of going to church on a regular basis. So you don't just, well, you ain't coming fine. You keep on loving them until they start being faithful. You understand? Okay, now watch this. Say excellent. Y'all all right? We talked about this. A good and faithful servant is loyal. They have a mind to work. Remember, we talked about Nehemiah and how they were rebuilding the walls of their city and all that. And, and the Bible says that they had a mind to work. Say mind to work. Mind to work. Said, a good and faithful servant, they get right in and they start working. A good and faithful servant don't need a pre-work a pre uh, uh, a pre -work meeting. <laughs> they, they don't need it. They, they listen, all you need to do is tell them, listen, such and such, such and They got it. They'll come back and check with you every now and then to make sure it's all right. But they, but they got it. They're running with it. Tell somebody to say run with it. Amen. See, we got to understand that if God can't trust us to do this with small things, he cannot trust us to do this with, with anything large. So stop saying God's called you to own your own business and you won't even be faithful to your service in the house. All right. It's quiet in this church because God says, listen, I need you to be faithful with this so you understand the principle of the thing. Amen. Watch this. We talked about this. Uh, good and faithful servants, they're soldiers. Soldiers only need orders once. You give them the order once, and they run with it. They know, because they, they've been studying the playbook. Uh, they, they know the procedures. They know all of that. I was looking today, and I was researching the hierarchy of the military, and the general, and the brigadier general, and then this, and the that, and the other. And I said, good God, I said, I likes that. Because everybody understands the role they're supposed to play. Then if they don't, they ask for clarification. You understand? So remember, the root of every problem in life we face is what? Bad communication. So if you ever feel like you don't know the part you're supposed to play, get some clarification. You got to fast, Lord, just tell me. No, just ask. It's quiet in this church tonight. I'm trying to go slow so we get this thing. Watch this. Uh, we talked about this. Good and faithful servants are obedient. Uh, they're reverent. Uh, they're sincere. They're grateful. They're just glad. The old saints used to say to be in the service of the Lord one more time. That's what the old saints used to say. They're just glad that they got up another day because they knew somebody that didn't. And so say, I am a good and faithful servant. So that means you're grateful. A good and faithful servant doesn't find all the stuff that's wrong to complain about it. If they see it, they say, all right, here's how we can fix it. That's a good and faithful servant. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's me. Amen. Are you getting this? Uh, uh, a good and faithful servant does not need recognition. In fact, many times they will run from it. They will put something in the envelope and not put no name on it because they don't want because they just they just they, they, they don't care about getting recognized for it. Because they understand the reward comes from the Lord. Because somebody say, My reward comes from God. A good and faithful servant. Remember, we talked about this. They're givers. Remember, Moses, they, they were given so much, Moses said, Please stop giving. There's too much money here. Stop it. Don't you let him put that dollar in there. Take it. 
Could you imagine if the church had that problem? Father, I welcome that in the name of Jesus. Bishop White, could you imagine the lives we could change and the communities we could change? Could you imagine that? And so people say, oh, you know, you got to kill chickens to do all this to get that. The money's there. But God says, I need good and faithful servants so when I give it, they're going to work it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even for some of your businesses, you've been waiting on the right day. God says, listen, I got somebody just sitting up waiting to invest in you, but they're not going to do it until you're a good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servants have good attitudes. I'm just kind of going slow tonight, y'all all right? They have good attitudes. They take lemons with white sugar. And they pour it and pour it and pour it till it tastes like Dimatap. <laughs> you got to put ice in there, otherwise you beating got eight cavities just drinking it down the first time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all step. I go to the refrigerator now. You got a gallon of Kool-Aid. <laughs> so some of y'all put sugar in your Cheerios and at the bottom, and you got that little thing. It's, don't play with it. And you, and you try to dig it up. and. What y'all think I don't eat? <laughs> What's this? They have a good attitude. They're positive about things. They have a good outlook about things. They can know you don't care for them and still say, all right, praise the Lord, we're going to get this done today. Because they got a good attitude. A good and faithful servant is a smiler. I know that's probably not a real word. In the dictionary, I'm doing a dictionary next year, Dan, called the Bishop Foreman <laughs> Dictionary. <laughs> smilers in there. It's all right to smile. You know, I, I do a test sometimes. I tell people, you know, people that, you know, sometimes, and members of the I tell, you know, I love you. And sometimes they don't even know what to say back to me. Because they're so used to <laughs> being hard and tough and beasty. They, they don't even know how to say it back. So they just, thank you, Bishop. <laughs> but now I can, now watch this. I can get mad. No, you're going to tell me you love me. And for some of the young people, I do. I tell them that. You're going to tell me. You, know I mean? <laughs> you understand? But, but, but watch this. But, but watch this. A smile can ease up all tension. You can have been having a horrible day and walk in and somebody smile at you and be like, whoo. Smile at your neighbor. Smile and show them your teeth, too. Smile at them. If we got the, the only true and living God, why would be frowned up? Looking like you need some prunes. Our God is the only true and living God. At least I can do smile about it. And you may say, well, Bishop, I don't want, you know, my teeth and I don't want folk all in my business. Well, fine, just. Do the partial smile. It only reveals the you know, part of your top. I'm serious about this, y'all. If you would just take all of that energy, you got to be mad and angry and all that, and how did this happen, and why did this happen, and just smile. 
Because you're always going to have something to make you upset. Always. So you got to just make a decision. <laughs> Be like Eddie Murphy. Uh, you know, I can't do his laugh, but you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tell yourself jokes. I'm, I'm serious. If I'm having a bad day, sometimes, you know what? I'll go, I'll go and not clean jokes now. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go and I'll find myself some comedy. And I'll say, ha! Woo! I forgot what it was I was upset about. I'm serious. I know you just want to be deep all the time. But you hear my two gals in the back just laugh sometimes. It's all right. They just laughing. Amen. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I'm serious about that. When we come in here, we need to smile. When you're at work, smile. I know you didn't feel like getting up this morning because the only reason you come is because you're trying to get your seat because in three years you're going to be a rapper and have your own label and all that. I know that. But please understand. But please understand. Please understand. Smile about it. Have a good attitude about it. Let me, let me, t let me tell you. I got time. Let me, let me tell you. I, I, I was, one time, I was, this was years ago, and I was in transition and I was working on my business and, and building my business at the time, and, and, but I was in transition, and so I had to work uh, another job to, to carry me through the transition time. And, uh, you know, the job was this little, little thing, and, and you know, uh, uh, it was clerical work. Now, if you know anything about the bishop, <laughs> you understand and I ain't nobody's secretary. You understand that? <laughs> but now watch this. But, you know, you know, during that time, I had to do what I had to do. Uh, and so what ended up happening was is, is I, I, my business was growing and I was building it and growing, but, you know, my money was tied up in investments. So what happened is is that I had to go work this job. And, and, I, and let me tell you, and initially I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be fine. And then they, they said, you know, this little clerical work. And, you know, I'm like, okay, God, you know, yeah. Stapling and filing and pushing stuff over here and putting stuff. And nothing wrong with that. I, the people that do that, I love you and thank God for you. That's a gift. It is the gift of helps and administration. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm the bishop. You understand? So, 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 but that's fine. So, but I had to do what I had to do. So, tell somebody say I had to do what I had to do. And so as I was doing that, you know, I was fine with it until the lady said, okay, you need to be in a suit and tie every day. And I said, you know, with all due respect, to staple, push papers, type memos, and all this kind of stuff. And, and this, was in, this was in the back. This wasn't in the front. This was in the back. <laughs> if I was in the front, I'd understand all that. This was in the back. I said, you got to be joking. And on top of that, since I was building my business, it was part time. So I had to go change to come. The staple papers. <laughs> See, I'm trying to help some of y'all because some of y'all, you're in temporary transitions too. And so, you know, the first day I was like, I don't believe this, God, and I got all this going over here. And he said, if you don't like it, I'll shut it all down. I said, yes, God, all right. <laughs> so, you know what I did? And that day I came in, I was smiling. Hey, how you? Hey, Shirley, hey, hey, how you? God bless you. Amen. Be encouraged. 
you know, it's 10, 15 years ago, whatever. And I, you know, I said, all right, you know, hey, great, 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 you know, bless you, you know, all that. And, and I had to be happy about it. And I'm sitting there saying, I got, you know, $150,000 worth of stuff working over here that's just about two, three months out. And I'm pushing stuff in an automatic stapler. Is this too real for church? Everybody, just bless the Lord. Think happy thoughts and everything. Okay, watch this. So I had to have a good attitude about it. And let me tell you, and let me, because I changed my attitude, what was supposed to take two to three months, God ended up having it only to take two weeks. And, you know, the rest of that is, is, is good history. And so my, my point is, though, is you have to have a good attitude. And you have to learn how to smile. And I know you may not like what you're doing and all that, but you got to have a good attitude about it. When you come to church, you got to have a good attitude. I know you took a phone call. And some of y'all, what you need to do is you need to turn your cell phone off before you come to church. Because some of them calls is set up strategic. Why they wait to call you until 9.57 on Sunday morning? Some of that, you just need to turn it off. and just, uh, you, you can't even reach me. Say, I'm a good and faithful servant. <clears throat> Watch this. A good and faithful servant relieves stress from whom they're serving. In Acts chapter 6, what do the apostles say? It's not desirable that we should leave tables or that we should leave the word of God to serve tables. So they said, y'all pick some people that's going to serve the tables. In other words, they said, take that stress off of us or weight off of us. When you're a good and faithful servant, you are treasured because you take weight off. But when you're fickle and half-hearted and all this, you really are more of a problem than you are a blessing. But look at somebody say, I'm the blessing. Amen. Because we're talking about the what? Lifestyle. A, a good servant is a peacemaker. Let me go, go to Romans 14 and 9. I got three minutes. Romans 14 and 9. Romans 14 9. We getting this thing? Again, we're just kind of reviewing tonight, going through uh, the last uh, six parts of this series. Amen. But see, I teach it in series like this because if, if some, there's some stuff I got to teach sequentially because if I, if I jump, you'll miss it. And so, amen. Now, <clears throat> Romans 14, go to verse number 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. And the things by which one may edify another. Edify just means what? Build up. So what happens is, is God says, what I need you to do as a good and faithful servant is pursue peace. Now notice what he says. Pursue the things which what? Make for peace. In other words, I'm going to find the good things about you and highlight those things. Because if you're not in a position to correct, then you don't even need to be there. I'm going to find the good things to edify you. You'd be surprised at how when you start calling the good out of people, how it'll make them rise up. See, it's all semantics. See, see, if I say, you know what, uh, let me just use a, let me use a blank chair so I don't know about everything I'm talking about them. If I say red, <laughs> now look red. You know, you just you you're just horrible. You just you don't do nothing right. You just that's just, just how do you, could you do that? That's gonna do what? Destroy red. 
And Roy going to be leaving and needing prayer and supplication and altar meeting and all that. <laughs> you understand? But if I say, Red, you know what? You are a very good vacuumer. Woo, Red, when you vacuum, man, how you get them lines like that? Ooh, Red, you're a very good vacuumer. And you know what? I know you're working on being a better communicator. And I just want to encourage you in that, that maybe this next time you can say it like this. What did I do? I built Red up. Because your mouth can be used. The Bible says that a foolish woman tears her house down with her hands. So you can build stuff up. Or tear it down with how you talk to it. And we're all guilty. Let's be honest. We're all guilty. So let's just, okay, let's just get that out in the air. We know all made some mistakes. And let the redeemed of the Lord say, so. Okay? So, we're, all right. So, but moving forward, what you do is you always want to pursue peace and edify people. See, there's some stuff that you just, no, I need to tell them. No, I just need to tell There's some stuff you just need to say, you know, the, those things you should say, pray it down. There's some stuff you ain't even got to worry about. Just pray it down and got to. There's some stuff where I said, you know, no, I'm going to get them because I didn't told them. And the Lord said, shh. I said, yes, sir. And he said, just pray it down. So I prayed for them. And then, you know, two minutes later, they called, you know, such and such, such and such, such. But now I could have went in with the, with the sickle <laughs> and went in with the sword. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. The Bible says that, that your leaders have the sword and they don't bear the sword in vain. So I could have went in with the sword. But I just said, all right, I'm going to pray that down. Look at somebody say, pray it down. Y'all all right? Watch this. In a conflict, a good and faithful servant does this. They pray love. Now, now watch this. And I think I taught you this a little while ago. I'm going to go over it again. A good and faithful servant, when there's a conflict going, the number one thing that will diffuse a conflict is prayer. Prayer will diffuse a conflict right away. It's going to be hard for you to be angry and want to call somebody this, that, and the other when they just finish praying. So when you heat it and all that, you need to just calm yourself down for you pop that little thing to be popping out over here. You know, you got that vessel over here that be popping. Calm down. Tell somebody say, calm down. You pray, and then you love. Bishop, what does love mean? You listen carefully. A lot of conflict is because people are really saying the same thing. They're just saying it a different way. Second thing you do is you over-communicate. Again, the root of every problem is what? Bad communication. The next thing is you be very sensitive to the spirit. See, this is an acronym. Listen carefully. Over-communicate. Be very sensitive to the spirit. Meaning, when you pray, then God's going to tell you what to say. See, there's some arguments you got yourself into and some stuff you got yourself into that if you would have did this, you would have been able to diffuse it. And you just would have prayed and the spirit would have said, don't say that. And you wouldn't have said it, and everything would have been good. Because here's the thing about words. Can I tell you what you need to do when you're in an argument? Don't start saying stuff until you can calm yourself down. 
Because because here's the deal. I, I heard I heard I, I heard a and I think I told that us a few weeks ago. Uh, when you're in an argument, here's the deal about your words. When you put them out there, the Bible says an angel takes them and goes and brings them to pass. Whatever you say, both good and negative. When you put it out there, that's why you got to be careful of the idle words you say. Well, I was just playing, but an angel didn't know that. It took it and did it. He, he didn't know you was just playing. Y'all all right? So he takes those words and he brings them to pass. So sometimes when you get mad, you just, again, pray love. And sometimes before you can get to pray love, you just, I want to, and if you don't speak, in, if you don't speak with other tongues, then you just need to say, all right, well, I, Jesus is good. People look at you, what is wrong with him? Because <laughs> once you put it out there, the angel does that thing. So you don't want to get yourself caught up in an argument where you start saying stuff now that you got to go back and start uprooting the seed. You getting this? Listen carefully. Over-communicate. Be very sensitive to the spirit. E stands for empathize. Try to think like the other person. Because we're talking about being a good what? Servant. So you got to be able to understand being a good servant involves people. You understand that? And what I found out is that most people, especially in the body of Christ, don't know how to have relationship with people. They, they, don't, they don't know how to have friends. They don't know how to, they, they, they don't know how to do that. But thank God we're learning together. Amen. And I'm going to teach you. Amen. Last thing here. A good and faithful servant, when they're doing wrong and make a mistake... They apologize for it. See, a good and faithful servant realizes, you know what? I was wrong, and I apologize for that. Now, don't say I'm sorry, because, see, if you're sorry, you're always going to be sorry. You, you see what I'm saying? See, sorry's got a negative connotation. I'm sorry. I, I know you. <laughs> no, I apologize. See, you didn't even realize that, that what you, you were putting seeds in the ground. You ever notice people that sorry always got to be sorry for something? Because they sorry. Are you kidding what I'm saying? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You understand? So good and faithful servant says, I made a mistake. You know what? I apologize for that. That was my fault. I apologize for that. Forgive me. Please. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Watch this. A good servant always does a good job because they're doing it unto God. Always. Meaning, when they're cleaning their bathroom, they're cleaning it under God. When they're cutting their hair, they cut it under God. Because this goes back into what? Excellence. When, 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 when they vacuum in the flow, they vacuum it unto God. When they paint in the wall, they paint it unto God. And when you're a good and faithful servant, sometimes people that are not good and faithful servants will wonder why you spend so much time doing stuff. But because I'm a good and faithful servant, I got to do it right. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, and God is omnipresent, meaning that 
Bishop maybe didn't see you, but the Holy Ghost was right there. And you want to know what he does? He come back and tell me. And, you know, especially people serving in the church, you know what, Bishop didn't know. No, the Holy Ghost, he will make sure to front you all the time. Well, how did he know that? Somebody, the Holy Ghost, man, I'm tired. Listen, I told y'all that preacher I heard on TV one time. I got the Holy Ghost, not the Holy Gas. You understand that? See, when you're a parent and you're connected to the Lord, you already know what happened at your child's day. Yeah, you, you ask them just to make sure they're going to tell you the truth. I already know what happened. The Holy Ghost told me. He was there with you the whole day. You want to talk about privacy? Ain't no such thing privacy. The Holy Ghost. Last thing. Being a good and faithful servant puts you in a position to be used by God. Remember, we talked about this through our, through our series. And it also gives you a heads of protection. Remember, we talked about that in dealing with uh, Moses and how the Bible says God spoke face to face and mouth to mouth with Moses. Moses had a hedge of protection around him because he was a good and faithful servant. Amen. Now, the whole context of kind of reviewing tonight was for this reason. I want to make sure that we get it. Because shouting about it is good. Praising God about it is good. And I said this on Monday night. Don't talk your walk. Walk your walk. So you can talk a real good game. I'm a faithful servant. God called me since the age of three and a half. And I'm a faithful servant. I've been serving the Lord all my day. I've been running for Jesus a mighty long time. And I'm still running. But if none of your fruit says that. But look at somebody and say, you and I are good and faithful servants. Amen. Everybody stand on your feet tonight. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.